Hello, you cat and dog people. This is It's Training Cats and Dogs, the show for people with both cats and dogs who want peace in their home and peace between their animals. I'm Naomi Rotenberg, your source of practical strategies for keeping everyone in your multi-species household safe and sane. And today's episode is a peek into a private office hour session that I recently had with M and Lindsay, members of my cat and dog coexistence club, about what to do after a fight between pets. In this case, management failed, as it always will at some point, and Fenton, their resident cat, got into their foster dog Bambi's safe space while M and Lindsay weren't home. Understandably shaken up in the aftermath, they reached out to me for help. Here's our chat. What do we do when something unexpected and not so great happens? And how do we recover from that and move forward? Um, mm-hmm. Right? I'm assuming that's what we're talking about today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just run down the situation as I understand it. And then I'll ask you guys a little bit about kind of what, how it's been the last couple of days and then we can come up with a good plan. So you've had management that's been totally fine um, where Bambi was in the bedroom and Fenton's out in the rest of the apartment. And if you're there, the door is open and they've been saying hi to each other ish through the door, through the gate. Okay. We don't let them really say hi. We'll sometimes yeah. have open door time and, appreciate how they don't show interest in approaching the door. Um, but it, like, it hasn't been a problem. Great. The, um, the only thing that has been a little bit more closer interaction is sometimes if we take Bambi out for a walk, we stopped putting Fenton in the bathroom or holding him in the kitchen away from her. And instead he would stay on his cat tree and one of us would give him a lot of treats and she would walk by. Great. So that was like, the closest. Yeah. And that, okay. So, Definitely no unsupervised up to the barrier mm-hmm. stuff. Not at all. Okay. So we left the house as one does when you have a life outside of the apartment. <laughs> the door. Four blocks away. <laughs> Four blocks. <laughs> you know, nothing ever. <laughs> we went you know, to get some coffee and 10 minutes later. Um, <laughs> so the door was closed and then the gate was um on that same door, right? Mm-hmm. So theoretically we had the two layers of management. Um mm-hmm. where we think it failed is that the door wasn't properly closed or a gust of wind because old New York apartments mm-hmm. and doors aren't not trustworthy. <laughs> um so that failed. Okay. So theoretic so that was open when you guys came home. Mm-hmm. And then the gate was there, but he is able to jump that gate. Yes. So yeah. it is okay. When you're there, it's an okay kind of deterrent. Um, mm-hmm. And it's in like an extra layer, but it's not a real like physical barrier. Right. Right. Not okay. for him. Cool. So we came home. You were gone four blocks away. You came in. No Fenton, <laughs> where he's supposed to be. He jumps through from the bedroom, so you know he got in there. Mm-hmm. And so, tell me, I'm a, then you. I'm 
immediately went to go see what Bambi was doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So does she usually vocalize when you get home? Okay. So not really. So it's not like you, if you hadn't seen Fenton come out, like you knew that something had gone wrong. No. Okay. She wasn't making any sounds. Okay. So you went into the bedroom, you stepped over the baby gate or something like that. And we found Bambi sad. Yes. Yeah. She was count. So the, the nightstand has like a sort of open area underneath where you could store things. Mm -hmm. And, um, she basically fully retreated into that was curled up, had had an accident on herself and was like shaking and like whimpering a little. And like when we walked into the bedroom, we like couldn't even see her at first. Cause it was like, it's like the farthest possible corner you could go in the room. Got it. And I'm assuming it's against the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she put herself in a place where she could not be jumped at from behind. Yes. Smart, smart cookie. Um, and she's little, so she wedged herself. Um, <laughs> and, Even dug the stuff out that was there. Like it was all over the floor. So that was going to be my question. Was it, was that ready for her as a safe space or she made it that safe space? Okay. So she had some presence of mind during the, whatever the incident was to find a location that was as fortified as she could. Mm-hmm. Um, so just for the future, we now know that that is her tendency and we could provide places like that for her throughout the apartment um, mm-hmm. for when they are together and it's normal, right? If she prefers to feel safe in that way, we can give her some caves. Um, we can mm-hmm. leave some shelves open on the bottom of bookcases, things like that. Um, so sad Bambi. She, did she come out when you came in? How did you get her out? Yeah, we picked her up. Okay. Um, and cleaned her off Mm because that was primary thing that we needed to do at first. Right. (laughs) Um, and then just held her. She was at that point when I was holding her, she was shaking and crying. Okay. And how long did that last? She calmed down after, it wasn't terrible. She calmed down after a few minutes. Okay. Um, and she even like settled in and was like, got to a point of being like, yeah, you're here after a yeah. little bit. Good. Okay. So fairly good recovery time, obviously mm-hmm. a large acute reaction, um, but she was able to bounce back fairly quickly. And when did you notice the scratches on her belly? I think a few hours later we were hanging out with her. Yeah. So you were like giving her rubbies and you saw it. Was she painful? Mm -hmm. Like, did she indicate that it hurt her? A little bit. Just there was one scratch that was maybe slightly worse Mm -hmm. than the others because it hit her nipple. Oh, no. Um, So I think that that we did not want. I know. (laughs) It was a little sensitive, (laughs) but they were very superficial. I remember when we joined the club. I told you about the time that Fenton tried to attack that dog and scratched me instead. And now I have a scar from it. Mm -hmm. They were not the same kinds of scratches. So that was like a, a thing I was pleased to see low Mm -hmm. bar, but you know, (laughs) Hey, progress, if not perfection. Um, so, and, and Fenton didn't have any obvious defensive wounds because oh no, Fenton had no remorse or wounds. (laughs) I would, I would, remorse is probably more than we could expect. Wounds Wounds are the important (laughs) thing here. Um, So we can't really 
reconstruct what happened. We have absolutely no idea, but the aftermath indicates that he got to her. She did not want him to get to her. Mm -hmm. Um, Somehow her belly was exposed. So she might have rolled over and been like, ah, (laughs) I do not enjoy that. He did not take that as a go away. Mm -hmm. And then she said, well, that's not working. I'm going to go hide in this place. Um, And we don't know the timelines. We don't know how long he was just kind of effing around in the bedroom while she was in the corner. But obviously like you didn't hear screaming when you came in. And so like the, the incident itself was over. Like you didn't have to like pull him off of her. Right. Okay. So we learned a lot, right. Mm -hmm. Even though it requires a little bit of detective work. Um, so the name of the game when you guys called me was, or messaged me was like, ah, what do we do? Um, yeah. so first thing is decompress, keep, definitely keep them separate. Make sure that she is doing really low stress, positive interactions and really kind of getting that cortisol level down. Mm-hmm. Um, and you told me that she seems to be snappy and back to herself. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Her baseline is also anxious. Um, <laughs> so like every time she goes for a walk, it's shaking and crying. Right. Um, which is, I guess a separate issue. But other than that, she is like, fine. She's here with us now and she's just napping and I took, totally fine. I took her on a hike the next day and she had like the time of her life and came home and had her frozen yogurt dog treat very happily on the couch. So mm-hmm. she seemed like very, yeah, herself. Great. So we we are not seeing any clear effects of long term freak out um, more than she normally does. I will say I've noticed. So oh, yeah. when we do like a routine, like a sort of training routine, that M will be out here with Fenton playing like Find It or other games, and I would be like feeding her treats in her bed. And like, it got to the point where I didn't even need to do that. Mm -hmm. Like she would just be asleep. She wouldn't react. She wouldn't care, Mm -hmm. which was really good. And since this happened, she'll sit up and she'll like, look, she doesn't like go to the door or anything, but she's not as settled. And she's like watching the door. Got it. So she's potentially expecting a cat to fly over this gate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sometimes when we open the door, she's just like, (laughs) okay. So we want to make her feel more comfortable and trusting of that boundary um, yeah. first and foremost. Right. And, and they're really clued into when the other animal is securely away and when they're not. Um, mm-hmm. So we might do something like fortifying the gate, whether get it, getting a higher one or making it um, jump proof. Um, I have a couple of options for that in the club resources, either putting like kind of a T over it um, or double gating to make a little door Hmm. so that she can regain that trust Mm -hmm. of that. Because eventually we are going to need to use that gate for setups where they are close to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And if she does not trust that boundary, she can't feel a little bit in control of the interaction and then she's going to remain anxious. She's not actually going to be able to relax. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's going to help you guys also (laughs) for when, now that we know that, you know, things are not magically hunky dory when 
you leave. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's going to help you guys feel more confident. Yes. Okay. And then the door itself, right? We can do um, some baby proofing of that door. Um, literally like 3M baby proofing straps will keep that door mm-hmm. closed. Um, so that's a relatively easy fix. And that's just for really the management for when you guys are not there. We need to know both of those those layers are not symbolic, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. if, you're, if we're going to have symbolic layers, which are very useful as we move through the process, right? Where it's like, we know that they could barge through this if they wanted to, but it's really just kind of like a suggestion. Mm-hmm. That would be an extra layer um, okay. for when you're not there. Mm-hmm. But when you are there and you're actively working with them, you don't need to have the door closed and both gates up and all of that stuff because we've been working on it. Um, Mm -hmm. So does that clarify just kind of moving forward management wise? Yeah. Yes. I think we definitely need to like fortify the gate situation and it would definitely make me feel less anxious. Mm -hmm. Great. We need to buy that baby strap. Mm -hmm. Yes. They're readily available. So like you could even just like go to a, pharmacy and they're usually there um um, yeah it's not like a special order so the next thing as we go through the process right so management check Mm -hmm. are there enrichment opportunities for us to learn from this we talked about one which is providing bambi with some more kv spaces for her to Mm -hmm. explore and reinforcing her in there um and then the flip side of that would be reinforcing Fenton for not going in there when he has access to those places. Mm-hmm. Um, husbandry. Does Fenton let you cl- cl- clip his claws? We did after this. <laughs> <laughs> we, we try to do it regularly. We definitely fall behind. I think yeah. this was a period of us having fallen a little behind, which also sucks. Yeah. The last time we clipped them was October. So it's not terrible, right. but ideally we would do it once a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would, even if you have tip top nail maintenance, um, claws are still claws. But Mm -hmm. it's also an enrich, it's an enrichment opportunity for you as well, because you can start doing some positive associations with claw clipping. Um, You can add scratchers around so that he can do some of his nail maintenance on his own. Um, I know he already has some scratch options, but like, we know he's a clawsy kind of dude. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) if he's clawsy, we'll give him clawsy activities. Um, yeah, he loves the scratchers. Yeah. So things that reach really high. So usually, um, I recommend like you can even put really crummy, not crummy, cheapy, (laughs) um, the cardboard scratchers and just 3M them or like command strip Mm -hmm. them to the wall, like all the way up so that he can like really reach and go for that. Um, so it doesn't take up any floor space in your apartment. Cause I know you guys are in a tighter space. Um, mm-hmm. That would be my first suggestion and then reward the crumbs out of him when he uses it. Um, so what else enrichment wise can we learn from this incident? Um, 
since we don't know exactly what behaviors came out during this, um, it's hard to use that as a point of reference for enrichment, right? So if we knew that he was pouncy playful during this and it happened to be a really bad miscommunication and he got freaky, um, then we would say, let's increase his play, which would not be the worst thing in the world to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would prioritize all the other stuff first. Mm-hmm. Anything else come to mind for you? Um, oh, you go first. Well, I have a specific question about the baby strap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, um, I found one earlier, but maybe I'm just looking on the, like I was looking on Amazon mm-hmm. Um and a lot of them are like, this baby strap is perfect because it keeps the baby and the dog out, but not the cat. And I'm like, actually, love to keep out the cat specifically. No baby, just a cat. Ah, <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, you're okay. You're literally okay. Um, I will send you a, a an example or a link. Um, okay. they're, they're not door straps. They're like cabinet closures. Oh, okay. okay. You would okay. put one side on the door jam and the other on the door itself. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, it might have been a, I don't know, keyword ambiguity issue. Um, well, but yes, I now know the door straps that you are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those are not it. Although those yeah. are useful for other types of households, but not right. yours. Um, yeah, they're literally like a plastic thing with two connectings and yeah that's what we had been looking at strap on yeah um cool does that answer that yes Mm -hmm. thank you yeah so i i would call it something some cabinet related might help um all right so we did management we did enrichment um going back to the training exercises that you've already been doing so you were talking about reinforcing relaxation for bambi while Fenton is out doing some active stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go back to slightly easier things to build up her confidence. So um, even having her kind of move around her space more than staying in the bed, because movement tends to help get, energy out if she's nervous she doesn't feel like she has to stay and like kind of wait for whatever cat is going to come <laughs> um so that would be my recommendation do some find it's kind of back and forth with her and Fenton can be moving if he's further away or you can be reinforcing him on his cat tree um and keeping him relatively still Um, But I would also do some of those things in her room um, with the door closed to kind of get her (laughs) more um, confident again, just kind of Mm -hmm. being in that space without feeling like he needs to, she could sense him um, Mm -hmm. on the outs on the outside of the door. So I would start just working on training her through the four um, behaviors with the door closed, getting her like really back into that training and like really confident about it before we bring him back in, in like a mini setup kind of scenario. Does that make sense? 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. The the question I have also is like he's still he's always been curious about the door, but I guess I am now more maybe it's my anxiety, but I'm like very much not wanting him to approach the door as much mm-hmm. or like try to get in when we open it and come out. And I don't know if there's anything we can or should be doing around like making that chill out, basically. That is a fantastic question. Um, a couple of things we can do. One is training, mm-hmm. active setups of training behaviors away from that door. So mm-hmm. when you are working on your whiplash turns, for example, I would be practicing from close to the door, away from the door, from close to the door, away from the door. So he gets that muscle memory of moving away from that door area, door being totally closed. Your anxiety will also help a lot when you fortify that that boundary. So Mm -hmm. whiplash turn, important when that you're doing active training sessions with that. He loves find it. So Mm -hmm. in your real life, when you are exiting the room, grab a cookie, a cookie, a kitten cookie <laughs> that's in your room. And immediately you open the door, say Fenton, find it and toss away. So that that yeah. door, you coming out of that room becomes a cue for him to move away from the door and mm. look for his cookie. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the two kind of easiest ones that I would use one in real life and the other as, um, you know, in a training session, Mm -hmm. if you wanted to get fancy, you could work on sending him to his perch when you open the door. But I think the find it will be easier for, and he, we know he already like has that as a lovely default. So Use what you got. No need to overcomplicate things. That makes sense. For the whiplash turn, if we did it in front of the door, um, is it okay to, let's say I drop a treat in front of the door and then go behind him and lead him away the next time? Should I then be leading him back? Like how I would normally do it anywhere else too? Like walking around him so I'm behind him and leading him back to the door? Is that okay? Yeah. So I would have... He's, he's going to be curious about the door. So we don't want to be like, this area is verboten, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's, he's he's such a troublemaker. Like, he's going to be like, that's more mm-hmm. exciting, right? But if you right. practice going towards and then quickly turning away, then that's going to be really helpful because he will be near the door at pl- at points, right? He has to go through there in order to, like, get towards the kitchen area. Um, <laughs> so... What I would recommend is kind of use that area in front of the door as like an apex of like a half sun with the rays. I don't even know what I'm talking like. Oh, yeah. God. Everyone who's listening to this is like, Naomi, what the hell are you saying? Um, <laughs> so, you know, you're you're coming away from the door and towards the door from a lot of different directions. Okay. And you're only spending a second or two near the door before you make it really fun for him to go away from the door. Okay. That makes sense. I do subscribe to the idea that like making places 
in the house completely forbidden actually increases the desire, the animal's desire to figure out what the heck is going on. So yeah, that's definitely Fenton. Yeah. So, (laughs) So that's one of the reasons that like having the site swapping is a really good thing. Um, he's like, it's not that I've never allowed in the bedroom. It's just that there's certain boundaries around it. And then mm-hmm. immediately working on the positive interrupters to be able to get him away from a spot when it is not appropriate for him to be there. Um, mm-hmm. Not that he's never allowed to be there. It's just like, not now. We have mm-hmm. other things that need to happen right now. Here's an alternative over there. <laughs> Do we feel like we have a good game plan? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. How are you feeling emotionally? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Fenton is still very, like, loving and on top of us. And I just, like, let him sit on me but keep whispering to him, I haven't forgiven you. <laughs> and I, I don't think he gets the message. <laughs> hmm. So probably not. (laughs) Um, It's okay for you to take time to Mm -hmm. have those feelings. And like, it's good that you're allowing him to come up to you. Um, But there's, you don't have to feel like everything's going to go back to the way it was quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. I would recommend trying to do other stuff with him that is fun, um, that is kind of out of your normal routine. So this would be like wand play, like stuff further away from you, right? Like training Mm -hmm. of find it's and like go over there, (laughs) right? So that you're not feeling like he is invading your space because even though he didn't attack you, I have a feeling that, okay, I'm getting like really shrinky here whoever is actually a psychologist i'm so sorry um (laughs) everyone's gonna be like what the hell um you know it might feel like you were personally attacked um, Mm -hmm. because you care about her and so having a little bit of physical space from him might help you heal from that as well Mm -hmm. um yeah. And so doing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's a thing. It's a th- I mean she's new to you guys, but we love her very much. Mm-hmm. We also love Fenton, but he was a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's it it forgiveness takes time. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to forget. Mm-hmm. Right? We can move on and and adjust based on this. Um but putting pressure on yourself is not the right way to do it. So you guys are, you're in a good spot. Yeah. That's good to hear. I think also immediately after we had a lot of anxiety about like, is this doomed? Like mm-hmm. will never really adjust because he knows he's not supposed to go in the bedroom. Like in the second we're not there, he like takes this opportunity. Of course. So, you know, I think, you know, our friend, we were, we talked to a couple people too, right after. And um, our friend who also knows Fenton really well and knows his history. She was like, he lived on the streets for, we don't know how long he's definitely encountered dogs before and probably had bad experiences. Mm -hmm. And this is like a, a, like a more primal and understandable part of him, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know? And just like, it helped me have a little bit more compassion Mm -hmm. of just like, 
I know this about him. Like yeah. he's not, you know, he's just very protective, very defensive, always has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because we can only hypothesize about what happened, we don't know what triggered anything. And so, you know, we know he does have some triggers. We've seen them. Um, mm-hmm. It's possible that she unintentionally, you know, acted like that little dog that <laughs> that appeared, right, um, mm-hmm. magically. So, yeah, it's good. Talk to your friends. That's, a, mm-hmm. that's another good one. Um, I'm here for you always. The best thing that I can say as we move forward from this is that you're not doomed. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of him knowing that he's not supposed to go in the bedroom and then because you're not there, he's like, we, I mean, when, when the cat is away, the mice will play. Right. I mean, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a thing people say sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that's one of the reasons that, part of the way we're training this, um, we're, we're still at the way beginning of our journey, right? So we'll keep that in mind. And the way that we're going to train this from now on is that he's going to understand the boundaries that are acceptable when they are acceptable mm-hmm. so that he doesn't feel the need to, to quote unquote sneak, right? Like mm-hmm. my, my classic example is like the kids who aren't allowed to have candy will sneak Mm -hmm. the candy when the parents aren't looking. Right. You're not going to not just say, I'm not going to eat candy. Like that's crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Um, If you were a a child who never ate candy, that's a confusing thing for me. Um, (laughs) So that that's the idea. Right. But if you allow candy in moderation with boundaries, it becomes, less of a thing and he won't be as defensive over his like magical freedom that he has, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't even know how to say he's like, we, my, my life is so much better and different. The, the door open, the magical portal open mm-hmm. of its own volition. Why would <laughs> I not jump in there? That's, I've never seen that happen before. Right. I'm just, you know, obviously putting words in his mouth, but, um, it makes sense, though. Yeah. Re- being upset with him of, like, he doesn't... He knew he's not supposed to go in there. Um, mm-hmm. He's... Let's think of him as a toddler. Yeah. That should help with the mm-hmm. empathy. Um, and, you know, they're naughty. Yeah. And it seems <laughs> like it's... As, as someone, my, my son turns three today. As someone who... <laughs> um, it really does feel personal. often um but then you realize oh we have so much more experience and understanding of what's appropriate not even Mm -hmm. right and wrong but just like what's appropriate in this situation and not appropriate in others Um, Mm -hmm. he is a he is a two going on three-year-old okay that is going to be very helpful for anything for me. I'll stop referring mean things to him now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I love it. Um, so before we end, do you have any other questions for me? I don't think so. No, just thank you. This yeah, has been really you. helpful. And it was helpful to talk to you right after too. I'm yeah. 
glad. And that's the way I've set it up. I'm always available if I answer as quickly as possible. (laughs) Um, SOSs are important. Um, And sometimes they happen, fortunately, but I think we're going to, we're already on the way to move forward. Um, And I look forward to seeing some footage of you guys practicing and a picture of your new gate and uh, strap, not strap setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious about the T structure. Um, ah, yes, I will uh, repost that PDF. Um, it's mm-hmm. basically, if the gate is vertical, it's adding a perpendicular piece of foam core on top so that the vertical jump can't happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not pretty, but it works. <laughs> Okay. Up to you. (laughs) All right, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If this episode has helped you because your pets have already had fights or you just want to be prepared for the future, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Your support helps other people find this show and get access to cat and dog specific content. You can also follow me on Instagram at Praiseworthy Pets. Join the conversation. Have your pets ever fought and how did you move forward from it? And if your pets aren't getting along, you want to improve their relationship, but you don't know how to do it. I'm opening up a new online course in early 2022 that takes you step by step through the process from establishing your management plan to training your core behaviors to creating setups that will take your pets from cranky to coexisting. Go to praiseworthypets.com slash course to get on the wait list. And that's all for this episode, you wonderful cat and dog people. See you next week for more It's Training Cats and Dogs.